people have been asking me this morning, how am I doing? Uh, I'm doing fine. After skipping last Sunday, I'm doing better. <laughs> I, I was able to stay in bed on Sunday morning and not hear my mother's conscience. Get up, you're the pastor. No. <laughs> I was able to, I, I think I was praying for Kathy, the Reverend Parcham, who, who took care of us last week, and we thank you. Uh, I, and I thought of her maybe, slightly. And I, and I may have even thought about you guys slightly around 11 o'clock in the morning as my feet were in the Tokoa River, and I'm sitting with an umbrella. Now, if you don't know about me, I love rain. So, while others were apologizing for the weather, I was thanking God for the gift. And, and it was beautiful to be there. Thank you, Kathy, for taking care of the family. Um, Kathy introduced last week a whole idea of, of gardening, the whole idea of taking care, the whole idea of needing to tend our garden. And she basically introduced a series that I want to share with you the rest of the month, which is talking about gardening our souls. No, it's not all about uh, uh, ghost hunting, uh, though I love the shows. I do. You know how many shows there are about ghosts on TV right now? especially on Destination USA, there are 17 different ghost shows. They're all wonderful. Some of them are just stories and, you know, just you know, a lot of hogwash. But I even like the hogwash. Actually, when I travel, I, I, I do one thing. Uh, I go to museums. Yeah, I do go to museums. But I don't know how many of you know that I also may make a reservation, whatever city I may visit, to go and listen to the ghost tours of the cities. And you know what appeals me a lot? It's the storytelling. That's what it is for me. It's the storytelling, the ability of these individuals who are just magnificent storytellers. And I identify with that because I'm kind of a storyteller also. I do that almost every Sunday. I just hope my stories are true. <laughs> So, so in enjoying, you know, in soul gardening, it came out of the class that I was teaching uh, some weeks ago after the service. The class was a, a video-driven class uh, with Dr. John Ortberg, who I had the pleasure of being his student some centuries ago. And, uh, and, and it's a video-based class, and the students were so excited about the class that they were telling me, Pastor, you need to take that to the pulpit. Pastor, you need to take that to the pulpit. Right? So I'm doing that. You heard the rights. But um, I'll be quoting John Ortberg and some of his ideas, and, and they're very much in tune with my beliefs about Christian growth, about Christian spirituality. I wonder if, if John had a lot to do with shaping my ideas. Probably did. Uh, but, but Scripture is very also clear, as we heard in the first reading of Scripture, that God created a garden. And in that moment, verse 15 finished saying, and he gave the garden to us, for us to take care of it. Now, let us listen to Jesus as Jesus, century later, is talking to a, a group of people. And, and he's been doing some healings. Actually, chapter 14, 15 of Matthew, before this chapter 16, there's a lot of activity that Jesus is doing. Actually, Jesus is healing people. Jesus is freeing people from demons. Jesus is feeding thousands of people and multitudes at one time. And then he turns to his disciples and listen to and for the word of the Lord. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple 
must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for me will find it. Now listen to this question that Jesus asks. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? The Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels, and then He will reward each person according to what they have done. Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man come into His kingdom. The Word of the Lord. And obviously Jesus at that end statement was actually saying, some of you are going to still be around, and they were around when He ascended into heaven, when He rose and ascended into heaven. Uh, now, Jesus did not leave to the kingdom, but Jesus left the kingdom. Do you understand that? He came to usher the kingdom to us, to offer us entrance into the kingdom of God here and now, not the pie in the sky after we die. That's a fulfillment of everything, okay? But here we begin to experience the kingdom of God. And notice the context. In the context, it's not talking about salvation or, or hell. It's not talking about losing your soul into eternity. And many of us have heard this verse. Many of us have heard this verse. You know, what does it profit, the, the old King James would say, for a man to gain the whole world and lose their soul? Oh, it is not talking about heaven or hell here in any way, shape, or form. It's literally talking about soul gardening. Jesus is talking about taking care of your soul. Jesus is talking about that part of our being. That When I was in, in, in college, they told us that there was the body, and the body had the soul, right? Well, I learned differently. If we have our body, and the body has the soul, what happens to the body when the soul leaves? Uh, that's not the right way. That is the scientific way of looking at ourselves. In reality, we are a soul that has a body. Because when the body leaves, what happens to the soul? We believe it continues. So the eternal part of us is not the body, it's the soul. The lasting part of us it's not the body, it's the soul. Notice how uh, uh, Paul even says, even on those most fragile, when he's talking about the body uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he, he's talking about even those parts of the body that are more sensitive, like the soul. See, the soul governs the body. Why do I say that? Because in the soul, we find our will. In the soul, we find our thoughts, our attitudes, our tendencies. In the soul, we find those secret thoughts that no one knows about ourselves. And guess what? They don't have to. It's cool. They don't have to know all that stuff. But it is the soul that moves us, that inspires us. Actually, an ancient theologian, as you see in the screens, Augustine from Hippo, Hippo is close to Carthage in north of Africa. Uh, he, he would say these things. 
You have made us for yourself, O Lord. And our hearts, or we could say our soul, is restless until it rests in you. See, we search for the soul. That's why the fascinating thing about ghosts on television. I, I have a few friends who are, uh, um, they don't believe they're Christians. They're about your age, Drew, and Eddie's age. Uh, and they just don't think that, you know, spirituality is of any essence. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in the church. They don't believe in any of that stuff. But they're constantly seeking for spiritual experiences. Have you found that to be true, some of your friends? They're constantly saying, so you don't have any. <laughs> I can't deal with that. <laughs> so, so basically, they're constantly seeking for experiences of mysterious kind of experiences. And I tell them, you know, guys, you're just looking for the soul. You're just looking for the ghost that you lost. You're just trying to find that part of our world that's mysterious, that is not known to us. And many of us deny it. Many of us run away from it because sometimes it's dark. Sometimes it's loud when we're in silence. And we don't like the sounds that we hear. You see... God created us, and in us, He created a soul. That's what He breathed in, the living soul in our bodies. And that is the part of us that relates to God, that enjoys God and nature. So you see, God has created us. God has redeemed us. God has called us. God has placed a spirit, but our soul is still needy. For our soul cries out to God. Our soul thirsts and hungers after God. We begin singing it today. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. Not my brain. It's our soul that hungers and thirsts. Uh, uh, Psalm 42 and Psalm 43 say it very, very clearly. I thirst, my, my soul thirsts after the living God. And 62 verse 5 says, yes, my soul finds rest only in God because my hope is only in God. In our first scripture, we read how, how the, the, the narrative tells us the creation story. And God gave us the tending of the garden. However, humanity went astray and we did our own thing. We died. Now, what died of us? Wait a minute. Remember the whole thing when, when, when God said, you know, you shall eat of, of everything, but don't touch the tree of good and evil, because if you will touch and eat from it, you shall surely die. I'm not dead. Did Adam and Eve die? No, they still spoke with God. So what died? The soul aspect that connected them with God, the Spirit. That which kept us in the fresh cool of the morning walking with God was broken, was severed. We detached from God. God detached from us. And our soul became thirsty and hungry. See, that's the narrative that, that, that we understand to be real. That's the narrative that we experience in our religious life. However, humanity separated itself, as I said, but God sent Jesus to restore our souls. Listen to the language. Restores the soul. Redeems the soul. 
refreshes the soul and brings the soul from darkness into light. You see all the metaphors, all the movements? Because we lost it, and now we regain it. So what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet lose their soul? What good will it be for, for us to gain popularity? What good will it be for us to gain riches? What good will it be for us to earn fame and fortune, own the whole world and lose our peace, lose our joy, lose our integrity, lose yourself in trying to satisfy with substitutes, with forfeit substitutes, our soul. Our soul needs tending. Our soul needs upkeeping. Our soul needs the fresh water. And only God can supply that water. Everything else is a substitute. You see, because our soul is sick. What? Who, whose soul is sick? I have to raise both hands. Because who would be by the river in a cold morning? There's some disease in there. However, we are alive. Now, I say that we are sick in the sense that we're broken. I'm saying that we are sick in the sense that we always have a tendency towards that which is not the best practices. We have that tendency to, to perhaps uh, uh, harvest revenge, to want something to happen for the person that we don't like now. Uh, uh, we have that tendency to run away, perhaps. We have that tendency to harvest anger. We have that tendency to doubt. We have that tendency. You see where the soul leads us? It's like a yard without tending. Things are going to happen anyway. The weeds are going to grow. The soil is going to get parched. And something is going to happen. You see, Jesus also spoke about four kinds of souls. This was interesting because nobody was asking him, but that tendency of sickness of the soul, Jesus describes it very interestingly. He spoke one time about four kinds of souls, four kinds of hearts in the parable of the sower, where he is the sower, the Word of God is the seed that is sent and falls into, one is the hardened soil. The hardened soil. The hardened soul. The one that's so painful and, and so hurt-ridden that just closes up. And only the supernatural liquid love of God can filter through. Jesus spoke also about the rocky soil, the rocky soul, who's very superficial and, and, and even though it's hungry, it satisfies itself and it keeps on jumping from place to place. Not reflecting, not stopping to think, or even giving thanks to God. That is the emotional person who, who is okay to be emotional. There's no problem with that. I'm one of them. And I think that's because I'm Puerto Rican. But you see, there, there's got to be substance. And there's that superficiality to that kind of soul. Then there is the thorny soul, the angry thorny soul, the one who's hurts, the one who's seeking revenge, the one who's depressed because they have lost so much. These kinds of soul, they all seek fun. They all seek entertainment. They all seek the classical word distraction. Because to think about the soul is not fun. 
so they run away. But Jesus also spoke about the fruitful soul. But you know, the fruitful soul doesn't happen by itself. The fruitful soul does not mind being toiled, does not mind being turned over, does not mind being weeded. The fruitful soil does not mind being fertilized. The fruitful soil does not mind being taken away from replanted. The fruitful soil does not mind grafting, digging, watering. It's humble. It's teachable. It's surrendered. And it realizes that it needs and is only satisfied by truth. So what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose their soul? Saving the soul is nothing about what we're talking about. Your soul is saved in God, but what's happening to it? See, Jesus, when we began the, 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 the reading, said, if you want to be my disciple, he says, if you want to be saved, he didn't ask that. If you want to be my disciple, if you want to have some significance, some purpose, some depth to your life, open up and let God do the work in your soil. Why do we have the thoughts that we have that, are, that then we feel guilty about? Because the soil is not tended. Because the soil is not taken care of. What good does it do to gain the whole world and lose your peace of mind Lose your integrity. Lose your self-respect. What good does it do to make all that money, keep the body, and lose your soul? I wonder how much time each one of us spends in, 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 in tending our soul. Do we do only one hour a week? Do we do, like I hear from many of us, oh, I pray when I get up and I pray before I go to bed, and in between we just forget? How much time do you invest in learning, in searching, in reflecting? And let me be honest with you. It takes time to tend the soil, right? It takes time to tend the soul. Now, next week, I want to share with you about the struggles of the soul. So if you don't want to come to a dark sermon next, don't come. I'm warning you. But we'll be praying for healing. We'll be praying for restoration. We'll be praying for the anointment of the Spirit, His oil of gladness to pour, be poured over your soul and over your spirit. I wonder how much money you spent in caring for your soul. Psalm 42 begins, as the deer pants thirsts for the streams of water, my soul thirsts for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. And in verse 2, the psalmist finishes with a question. When can I go and meet with God? When can I go and meet with the gardener? Amen.